Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! Wolf, I don't know what sort of acceleration, 0 to 60, what sort of pickup you have in your pickup, your F-150 from Tim Hovick and Santan Ford, here on the Big Red Rage, brought to you by Santan Ford. Lots of it, Bo. But our, you're known for the heavy foot. But our guest tonight, per next-gen stats, on his 30-yard pick six, went from 0 to over 19 miles per hour. <laughs> And that qualifies as the fourth fastest in recent history by a ball carrier weighing 260 pounds or more. Think about that. That's a big man running right there. And he is our guest tonight on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Ron Wolfley there, Paul Calvisi here, and Zavin Collins, our feature guest. Did it feel like 19-plus miles per hour when you were in the open field? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. As soon as the ball came, I, I double-clutched on the catch. Uh, got a piece of it, caught it, turned, and it was the first thing was just run as fast as possible. So kind of just let loose, and then once we were in the end zone, yeah, I just celebrated. But yeah, it was it was an awesome experience going going uh, right after I caught that ball. No, that is unbelievable, Zayvon. It really is. So I got to ask you right now. Here it is, of course, uh, going into week ten of the regular season. How's the body holding up, buddy? Yeah. So you know, obviously last year not playing as much as. Uh, I would like, but um, this year getting the full dose, I think I'm playing like 99% of snaps or something over, you know, the amount of games. And, you you know, you definitely feel it. Uh, start to learn how to be a pro when you get into the facility or before practice, taking care of your body, stretching, you know, getting warmed up. You just can't go out there cold anymore. Um, so, but yeah, a little bit of soreness, but we're healthy for the most part. Quite the opposite. You said you hit the sauna. That's your key? Yeah, yeah. The sauna, the sauna after practice is, is definitely key a few times a week. It's funny because Wolf, Wolf remembers last week we had Rondale Moore in here, and he talked about everything he does. He has his own chef. He has these other like body mechanics people who work on his body like it's a car, I, you know. And I'm like, he's in year two. He's a young guy just like you. Mm-hmm. And you, you guys already feel that sort of stuff is necessary. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, just the little uh, dings and. Uh ticks and stuff you get all over your body um me and rondale and colt mccoy and a few other teams uh, it's colt's guy but yeah we use use a um extra body therapist you know d- does the dry needling for us and it's actually pretty good you know it helps and they're kind of scary when you walk in the room there's some big needles but you know he gets you right 
Zabin, I got to ask you this right now. Tell me you're not laying all over a Pilates ball. Tell me you're not. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's more like uh, in those gray, in those gray uh, girdle shorts, and I'm on the gray band. Stretching and you know why I say that? You know why I say that is because you're from Hominy, Oklahoma, man. Yeah. <laughs> what is that place like, and how would Pilates go over there? Yeah, no. So I don't think they've ever heard of Pilates for the most part. And then two, yeah, that doesn't really happen there. We were just talking about that earlier. Uh, I was talking with my coach, and he was like, when you go home for the offseason, what's it like? And I was like, one of the worst things about going back home is if you know someone's not cooking food, you're eating Sonic. <laughs> you're eating Sonic? Sonic. That's it. Cause it that's it, because that's the only thing you got in town. Seriously. So you're like, you know, there's a few other places there. They're, yeah, no good. <laughs> but, like, I mean, you're saying, like, Sonic's, like, one of the top tier there. There's only three things. So – that's the problem with going back home and staying a while is you get, you can you don't have like the proper nutrition and stuff to get back. I have the weight room and all that stuff, the old school with those old weights and stuff. That'll get me by for now running on the track. But yeah, the nutrition stuff is kind of, you know, you got to go 15 minutes over to the next town to be able to go buy stuff to cook food. Because it's population 3,400, right? It's a, uh, is it's it pretty a small. farming yeah. community? That's, that's, that's including the prison that's outside of town. So it's, uh, it's pretty small. It's smaller than that. So it's like, it's pretty small. Stop it. I'm not lying. I, I'm not making it up. Dick Connor is the correctional facility out there. I see. Okay, okay listen now. Uh, so let's say I'm going to roll into town. Uh, I've got the missus with me. We're rolling in. Um, Don't blink. You've already missed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Friday night, man. Where am I going to – where should I go on a Friday night? You know, get a get a, a decent meal, a nice meal, and maybe have a cocktail. <laughs> what would you suggest? Go 20 minutes to the next town. <laughs> if you're going to get in the car and roll around, you might as well make a road trip out of it. Go 20 minutes to the next town. That's, so, the, best, that's the best thing you got. I'm being serious, guys. Like It's, it's 20 minutes to the nearest town that has um, all kinds of different places to eat. Like it's, it's out there in the middle of nowhere. So in high school, you were literally the big man on campus. Not only 6'4", whatever you weighed in high school, but you were the quarterback – you had some ridiculous stats, as you might imagine. But what was it? You were the valedictorian, 4.0 GPA. What yep. was life? You must have been the big fish in a very small bowl. Yeah, so it was It was small. The, the thing about um, high school is, like, I didn't have enough money growing up to for my family to put me through college. So it was just like, let's do it either academically or athletically, no matter what. Can't always count on athletics to get you, you know. Go, that was just our thought going through. Because we're at a small school. So, um became 4.0 you know automatically accepted into some start some colleges within the state of oklahoma because you're a valedictorian so that was a big one we got uh scholarships for being a valedictorian at the um hominy high school you get a lot of scholarships from uh colleges and stuff so that was a plus and then you know the football side i played football basketball ran track played baseball it was never easing uh never ending there was no off season like you know guys oh there's off season for football we're gonna lift weight there was none of that it was you got one day off and you put on basketball shoes and then you start running basketball just running in the gym because you're not in basketball shape and that's the same thing you go to baseball you start hitting immediately as soon as you get done with basketball or and then you're also running track and then you come into spring football, and you got summer basketball, and then you're into football again. See, Wolf allegedly was all state in baseball. We don't. No one's ever proven oh. that in high school. <laughs> Not okay. once, but twice. And so, 
Do you find that that has helped you at the NFL level? When you're required to go sideline to sideline, and at one moment you got to stuff the A-gap against a 300-pounder, but the next moment you got to run with a receiver or a running back out in space. I mean, Zayvon Collins, how much better are you equipped for your job just based on your multi-sport background? Yeah, if you think about man-to-man coverage whenever you're just given a certain leverage, like it's like basketball. Like People that are playing basketball, I mean, you're on that inside hip, you're on that outside hip, you're either low man in between him and the like if you think about it you're in between that guy and the goal stopping between him and the goal same thing man to man you're in between that guy and then the end zone sure in certain in certain situations yep. so like I think basketball attributes to a lot of lateral movement and stuff like that baseball hand-eye coordination stuff like that being able to catch the ball see the ball in field you know fumbles off the ground from the ground up you know stuff like that oh. really contributes um so I thought I thought being a multi-sport athlete really helped me um, growing up. Um, obviously, and you know, always just running around, being outside constantly, always having some type of ball in my hand. And you know, the only sport that I've ever played that I was like, man, I, I can't do this was um, soccer. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> my feet are too big. <laughs> Zavid, um, tough game against the Seattle Seahawks. Of course, um, I thought you guys played well defensively. Uh, for three quarters, what was the difference in that fourth quarter, bro? Yeah, so and the thing is, is like you say, three like three quarters, and it's really four, like three and a half. Like it, they didn't score those last two touchdowns till, you know, I yeah. think eight minutes through four. Yeah. I think there was eight minutes left in four, or something like that. I might be wrong, yeah. but um, it's pretty crazy that you know that happens like that. But it's our job as a defense to keep them keep them out of the end zone. And you know, there was a, a couple big plays where they got some stuff in there and. Yeah, that's uh, something that we can't allow happen, especially when we're in that close ball game like that. You know, uh, we scored, we went up on them, and then you know, offense goes back out. They score, they go back out and score. It's like twenty-one, twenty-four. We gotta, you know, we gotta hold them there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just stuff as a defense you can't allow happen, especially late in the fourth. And uh, you know, that's um, unfortunate. Well, after the game, uh, we got we got a, a glimpse of what Cliff Kingsbury said to the locker room. Typically, this is behind closed doors, but with Hard Knocks making its debut last night, HBO NFL Films was in there, and let's roll part of what Cliff Kingsbury had to say to the Cardinals, the team, after a 31-21 loss at home. I know this. We're playing hard, all right? The complimentary football just isn't there. All, right? all three phases together just hasn't been there all season. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's been one group goes up, one goes down. One goes up, special teams goes up, defense goes down. We got to stick together, though. I know that. All right, that's the one thing standing here right now. I know we got to stick together. Three and six, got eight guaranteed opportunities. All right, it's up to us what we do. But we got to stick together, coaches, players, everybody, and learn to play better together. All right, the still wide open. You look at the NFC, it is what it is. But we got to come together and find a way. That's it. Yeah, of the seven NFC playoff teams a year ago, including the Cardinals, only two have a winning record right now. I mean, it is upside down. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. That being the case, what's the frustration level? What's the confidence level, you think, with this team that, that you can turn it around and maybe go on a run? So now, you know, the frustration level is obviously what he had said, you know, complimentary football. It's like, you know, offense gets on a roll and then defense starts like, man, well, we were just stopping the whole entire game and then this happens. Or, you know, defense stop and, and then offense and back and forth or it's special teams and neither one of us. So it's like that's what he's talking about and that's where the frustration comes in. Like when they need it most, we can't deliver. And then when we need it most, you know, vice versa. And that's just all he's talking about right there. And, you know, and that's what we just got to fix. And I think – 
if we just stick together and just it's like minor minor things we uh vj was saying something about it today um he said it and i can't remember the word but he was so spot on with what he said and it's literally being off a mark by you know one to two yards it happens to me it's happened to me a couple times to see in the season and it's just like in certain coverages or certain something certain fits and it's just one or two guys being off by just one to two yards it's literally that small it's a game of inches and then that's what happens Zavin, you're playing almost 100 percent of the snaps at this point in the season um what's this doing for your game man yeah, so playing 100% of the snaps has been, you know, it's fun. You get into the fourth quarter, it's a close ball game, about to go into two minute, and it's just like, you know, it's time to grind. This is what you just kind of think back of the summer, and you're like, this is what you train for. This is what you do. Like, this is us. Like, you know, it's time to go. It's time to go do our thing. It's time to go stop them. And, you know, playing all those snaps, it's really, you know, let me know a lot about the game, a lot about what offenses are trying to do, where they're trying to get us. When we pers- put certain personnel into the game, where are they going to attack us? You know, what's going to happen? And, you know, learning that, um, you know, and listen to what VJ calls and listen to how VJ like speaks in the meeting and how he's doing these breakdowns, you understand what his um, thought process is behind calling plays. So then it allows you to kind of have a jump on certain plays or certain situations. And it's really nice in that aspect. What has been the bigger learning curve for you? Going from small school, high school ball to college or going from college in a smaller, you know, Tulsa Super Lane middle linebacker and calling a defense in the NFL? Going from college to the um, NFL, that was, it, it was a rough transition at first. But, you know, you learn so much in a little bit of time, and it's really nice. I've, I've learned a lot about the game, and it's, it's been fun. Well, you know it, Wolf. We call it every game day. We're calling Cardinals games, and right now, Zabin is behind only Buda Baker in tackles. He has 61. He has a couple of sacks. He has the pick six we just heard, five tackles for loss, two quarterback hits. He has three passes defense, force fumble. He's been all over that field, and guess what? The degree of difficulty continues because you have Sean McVay's offense, which has been an issue for the Cardinals at times over the last few years. We'll talk about that and more with Zayvon Collins and the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Geno Smith in the pistol. Behind him is Kenneth Walker. Snap to Smith. He's going to throw. And tried to dump it off. It's picked off at the 30 on the near side by Collins. Running it back forth to the 20 to 10. Touchdown! Zayvon Collins! Great awareness. That was a check down to the right. And Saban Collins read it. He picked it off and then he returned it to give the Cardinals the lead 13 to 10. Saban with a look what I found pick. And then shows off that speed. That is a big man running, taking it all the way back for a pick six, baby. How about a Passion Wolf on the call? It's a Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford with Zayvon Collins himself. By the way, the Cardinals defense leads the NFL in return touchdowns. That's now five. Four pick sixes and a fumble return. Obviously the big one in overtime at Vegas to beat the Raiders by Byron Murphy. So the defense has been opportunistic. There's no doubt about it. Uh, how about the process of calling the defense, Zavin? And, and when I say calling it, sometimes I'm talking about um, just the actual technical aspect of it because how many times do I see on the sideline the equipment guys are like fumbling around with a helmet, your helmet, trying to fix something in the helmet, the transmission, because it's not foolproof, is it? 
No, it's not. It's not like how we're talking now, where everything's clear and everyone <laughs> used to hear everyone. It's everyone can whisper. You got to realize when VJ's he's in a microphone that picks up everything from all the fans cheering, yelling, all the extra chatter. Um, so it gets pretty hectic, and you know, um, in a breakdown and certain things like that, situations, third and short, third and long, third and medium, you know, two minute, you got to know what he wants to call if the mic goes out on the field. There's no time to stop. You got to right. know what he wants to call. You got to know what he's thinking in a general aspect. You know, he may want to do something off the books that he thinks is right, but from like a guideline, like, hey, this is what was on the script for this week, I got to know what calls are within that little, you know, section of what it is. And that's what happens whenever the mic goes out and what has to, you know, be said. Also, it's, you know, sometimes like it'll cut off and the, the things that he's trying to communicate to me doesn't get transcribed all the way doesn't get all the way through (laughs) and you got to just pick up where he left off off of you know a certain whole list of words for the you know for the call and you got to pick up and know and it can change from personnel you know especially in the bigger personnel like 13 and then you know 12 it'll change so it's really it's really different and you got to know situational, situationally. You got to got to be aware out there for sure. Not kind of. You have to be aware. So um, it's stuff like that where you kind of get. And that doesn't happen all the time. But when it does happen, it's like a you know, it's, you get thrown a bone. It's like whoa, yeah, yeah. it's out of nowhere. Zayvon, do you feel like you are getting better week after week after week? Do you feel like you are getting better? Uh, for sure, yeah. I think overall, yeah. But just like anything else, there's been ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. But from you know the beginning to now, I think there's been definitely a trend of increase for sure. Um, and that's just something that I try and take day by day, just being more, trying to be more professional, trying to talk to guys, understand, talk with Kyler, see what he sees, talk with Colt, see what he sees. You know, what do they do on this? You know, body language that talks a lot. Learning those small little details has probably helped me a lot in my game. Um, throughout these, you know, 10 weeks. Well, that same question essentially was put to your defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, and he was just talking about time on the job and how it's helped your growth. Zavin's always been a very intentional, you know, player. I mean, he, he wants to be good. It took some time, obviously, you know, to be a Mike backer in this league and to call his defense with, you know, with the volume that we have on game day. It's, uh, it's tough, you know, but he's a smart guy. He wants to be good and I'm not sure what clicked, but I think it's just time, you know, time on a job. You know, I mean, you need it. Young guys don't get time to grow these days. You know, you want them to walk in and be, you know, five-year pros, but it doesn't work that way. Jalen Thompson, about two months ago, told us all the extra time you had been putting in, meeting with him and Buddha. Now you're going to be without Buddha, and he's been an absolute stalwart and an all-pro for this defense. We heard Bill Davis on Hard Knocks talk about it just challenge his own room. Just say, you know what? If everybody could play as hard as Buddha, where would this defense be? So where is it going to be without Buddha against this Rams offense, you think? What's the challenge? Yeah, the thing is, is like Buddha's still going to be on the sideline yelling at us no matter what, get to the ball. So that's, <laughs> that aspect will be there. And, you know, Buddha's obviously, you see him running the ball full speed, and it's like it's infectious. Um, you just try and do the same thing and, you know, manipulate your way of doing it every single time. Just run, get to the ball, get to the ball, get to the ball. And, you know, with our defense, I think, you know, what we've put on film and what we've done throughout the year of having a healthy defense, everyone running to the ball, no play is done, pushing the pile the other way, I think we'll be fine. You know, obviously we'd love to have Buddha there. He's the, one of the best players in the NFL, obviously. No you doubt. Know you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think uh, he um, 
he trusts in us. You know, we can do it uh, when he's, you know, not available. And uh, we have to believe in ourselves. We can, too. He's a big part of this defense. And, you know, we just got to go out there and, like you said, just try and match his energy, whether, you know, he's there or not. Zavin, you got the Rams coming up, of course, this week. Um, although I love what they do offensively, they're in 11 personnel, like, 99% of the time. Yep. Yeah, it's way up 11 there. It's personnel, a big number. Yep. Or what seems to be all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Why is that with them? You know, they have so many athletes, and they kind of do an unorthodox way of using 11 personnel. They'll get into, like, 21 personnel yep. looks. They'll get into, like, 12 personnel looks. They'll do condensed, condensed splints out of the wide receiver where it looks like ace almost, but, you know, one wide receiver's off. It's just all eye candy. It's smoke and mirrors. Guys moving back and forth, back and forth, motioning guys left and right, confuses them, makes you slow down, and then they run the same play. <laughs> so you're like, oh, my gosh, guys, this is the same play. They're just doing it out of, you know, all these different looks. That's all it is. They're running a lot of fast tempo, hurry up on the ball. You see that on if you watch any other, you know, tape or film, that's what they're doing. And they're, you know, they're and then moving guys, they're confusing people. So, you know, they're using that shadow smoky mirror effect on, you know, a lot of their plays. And I think they live in that out of 12 personnel. You know, they have Higby as their tied in, and then, you know, the rest of their 11 personnel group. And they, yes. I think it's worked for them. And they've done that in the past, too. And they've, they're one of the teams that have, you know, for the majority, compared to other teams, they live in a lot of 11 personnel. Does that, does that bring up any difficulties for you? Because they've got a guy, Ben Skoranek, by way of example, who mm-hmm. is a wide receiver. He can run all the wide receiver routes, and, you know, he is a wide receiver. At 224 pounds, Zavin, they put him, as you know, in the I formation. Yeah, they put him at fullback. In a three-point stance, and they'll run ISO. Yeah, they'll run ISO, right, lead right right at yeah. the face. And huh. they, uh, they they do that. And the thing is, they have other plays on it where you think he's about to block you, and he runs right past you, and he's running down the field. <laughs> right. And that's all it is. And that's smoky mirror eye candy. You yep. think he's doing one thing, and it's not. You know, that's what it is. And it works out for them. you got to think, you know, if you make someone think, out on the football field too much it slows them down yeah. and that's exactly what they've been doing and and with john wolford if he's in there for matthew stafford here comes a quarterback run game as well so it's gonna be another interesting wrinkle perhaps we'll see how that trend zavin collins our guest in the big red rage so wolf anytime you're in the locker room if you go over to uh, zavin's vicinity there usually tanner vallejo's right next to him and, and you can hear the classic rock Okay, you know that Zavin, that's right? What I've from been the, told. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what what have you been listening to recently? We've heard Skinner over there. We've even heard Johnny Cash at yeah. times. What have you been listening <laughs> to mean, recently? Johnny Cash, Jimi Hendrix, Jerry Rafferty. <laughs> I mean, you name it, we'll play it. Uh, any of those old schools, classic rock, mellowed out. It's it's fun. That's that's a good side. Junkyard told me the other day. Junkyard dog. He told me the other day. He's like, Zavin, you got some good music. I appreciate that, John. <laughs> that's good. You're the first person that's ever told me that hey, in this locker room. Marcus Gold. I was just gonna ask you that day but i was gonna say how's this flying with your teammates man yeah it's not on the loudspeaker i have to just play it on my phone that's the only privilege that i have is my own personal phone no speaker i don't get to connect to any speaker but it's just enough for me a couple guys around me they like it they dig it um but yeah that's that's it so you're you're more of a rock and roll guy than a country music guy because they took you out shopping for boots in nashville i'm like well wait a minute are they profiling you because you're from oklahoma what's going on (laughs) yeah not just from Oklahoma, small town Oklahoma. But, you know, I do love my fair share of country. I will play that in the locker room. But, you know, it's usually not as uh, – gets, gets me in the mood for football like uh, classic rock does, you know. Did you get a good pair of boots, by the way, when yeah, you were shopping? Yeah, you did? we yeah. got some nice boots there. Um, it's, it was fun. Yeah, they uh, all the all the people were, that wear boots on the team, they are jealous. They are like, why didn't we get to go out? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> you don't wear boots? No. 
Colt every, does. Every summer, Wolf wears boots up in Rushford, New York, but he's kind of a fake cowboy. He thinks he's like, you know, like oh, Kevin yeah. Costner from Yellowstone. Yeah. He's up there wearing his I, cowboy I, hat. Yeah. I admit it, man. I do grab the cowboy hat from time to time when I'm up there. Rushford, New York, population 1,100. Have to. You have to when you're yeah. up there. Yeah. Oh, hey, um, do you feel like this game's a must win coming up, by the way? Every game's a must win. It's crazy when you think about it in the aspect of think of just last year um, and not comparing the past to the present, but you learn from the past. If you go from a team, I believe, 8 0 last year, 7 0, 7 0, 10 and 2, right? Yep. And you look at every, if you think of every game as a must win, it may have changed things going into like that divisional bye and stuff like that, and also the um, playoff game. You know what I mean? It gets you know it's crazy. We had a little losing streak there at the end, you know, and we had a great yeah. start to the season. Yeah. So if you treat every game just as a must win and just focus on this game, obviously this year is important. We've lost six games, or you know what I mean? Yep, three and six. Yeah, three and six. So it's like you just look at an aspect of okay, we're at where we're at. We can't change the past. Time to learn from it. Treat this game like you said, one and zero. Got to win this game, no matter what. And just move on, go from there. Prepare the same, do everything, learn from your mistake, and then change. Like as far as prepare, I mean, like getting ready for practice, stuff like that. Yeah. And then changing the preparation, as in, where are we getting beat at? What are we doing wrong? That, yeah. For example, third down and red zone. The last couple of games, right? Vance mm-hmm. Joseph cited both today. Yes. Is there a pattern there? Is there a constant? What do you do about those two areas right now? Yeah, so and you got to go and work on those. You know what I mean? Change like what we were doing wrong. Where was the communication breakdown? What is going on with this technique breakdown? So that's kind of what has to be fixed in the preparation when it comes to practice, and that is uh, you know what you work on from week to week and learning what you've done wrong. So, but yeah, at at this point of the season, what is more difficult for you? Pass coverage or run support? That's that's good. Pass coverage is really not that hard for me because usually I'm in a you know not too hard of a pass position. They don't have me out there on Cooper Cup. They don't have me out there on DK Metcalf. You know, if we are, I'm looking at the sideline, tapping the helmet. Hey guys, you're gonna try to grab. I'll be yelling at Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. Get over the top of me. Let's bracket this man. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, but you know they're always uh, making up some. Some tough run schemes for us. Um, I think especially because we've done early on, we were good with the run. Um, and then, you know, they've kind of schemed us up and doubling Lyman up to you, always having Lyman on me. So the run is probably, considering like it's a passing league now, if you think yeah. about it, besides a few teams like Baltimore, you know, the Eagles like to run the ball too. They're kind of the RPO living in the world. But going up against this offense, you know, you're thinking more pass out of 11 personnel and stuff like that. As we wrap it up here with Zayvon Collins, you won't say it, but I will. The unnecessary roughness call. I mean, that was a lot of, <coughs> yes! I mean, come on. What, what was up with that week? So how hard is it to play defense in the league? Just simply put, real quick, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, it's something that you have to be cautious. And it's like, how am I supposed to be cautious? And the guy has the ball in his hands. Right. You know, you don't mean anything negative on anyone whenever you're going to hit someone. But it's like, you know, it's like you don't want to go for any type of you know, fatal stuff like that where, you know, head to head, you're out, you know, stuff like that. You just want to make a clean hit. And nowadays, like, that was a clean hit shoulder to shoulder, and it's, you know, unnecessary roughness. And I was like, I didn't know I could get unnecessary roughness with a dude with the ball. So, yeah, us either. Hey, we enjoyed it. Thank you, Zavin. Zavin, grow strong, big guy. 
There you go. Zayman Collins, our special guest on the Big Red Rage. We continue right after this. Brought to you by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. First down of the Seattle 15. Play action. He boots to the right. The boot. There's the boot. Just ignored any type of bootleg. You can't do it in that situation. Great call by the Seahawks. My son informed me <laughs> that I was being pretty wild and you know being being a nut job on game day. But you know it's an emotional game. You know I'm not afraid to say I'm emotional on game day. I want to win. You know that weekly investment's heavy. You know so when, if they score one point, man, my soul just leaves my body every time they score. So. I might embarrass to say I'm emotional on game day. I'm not. I mean, it's, it's who I am. You heard the real-time reaction, and then you heard Vance Joseph yesterday at his weekly press conference talking about the Noah fan. 51-yard catch and run on the boot. You heard Wolf's instant analysis from the radio booth. All angles covered courtesy of your Arizona Cardinals radio network here on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and NFL Films and HBO with the debut episode of Hard Knocks in season featuring the Arizona Cardinals where you could see and hear the anguish on the face and voice of Vance Joseph when that play unfolded. And it really did seal the game for all intents and purposes, didn't it, Wolf? No, you're right about that, Paulie, once again. And it just emphasizes the ability to attack the line of scrimmage and then use play action and the power of it. Um, it's not a brilliant scheme. It's been around forever, of course. But the the difficulty of it is it it benefits from having human beings playing defense inside that box. <laughs> when, you're play, when you're a human being and you're playing defense inside the box, man, now all of a sudden – um, you're going to make mistakes, and it's predicated on is it a run or is it a play-action pass. That bootleg was executed to perfection, and it worked. Yeah, it's amazing how many different Cardinals players and coaches were mic'd up during that debut edition of Hard Knocks in season. Wolfgang, I know you guys talked about it this week on air. Uh, give me some of your big, your top takeaways. Can I just say this, Paulie? First of all, you know me as a former player. Um, I'm offended by cameras and microphones being inside the locker room. It's you 2022, it's, Wolf. Everything's I, I, done for video. Paulie, I'm just telling you right now, I am. I want to be able to walk around and be me and not worry about everything I'm going to say or not worried about if, if people are thinking I'm saying it because there are cameras and microphones around. That's just me. Having said that, can I tell you right now that I so enjoyed this last night? You watched every second of it. I watched every second of it. Paul, um, I've never seen Hard Knocks. Uh, I, I've only read about it. I've seen clips of it from time to time. Come on. I, Paul, no, I've never sat down and watched a, a Hard Knocks episode. Okay, I, I saw back in training camp when they would cut guys and stuff, and that made me sick to my stomach. How in the world could you possibly be in there while this guy's dream is being ruined? Okay, that's just me. Okay, but again, I watched it, Paul, and first of all, the appreciation for how well it's done. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It, it's like art to a certain degree, Paul, the way that they're putting this stuff together. Um yeah, I was I was really really impressed um, and entertained. I have to admit, 
So there's a crew, I understand, of about 80 people staffing this from NFL Films just to turn this around really? on a weekly basis. I had a chance. There was a, a debut in a, a local theater, and I had a chance to talk with some of the directors. There's four of them. I interviewed two of them. I asked them, what percentage of the film that's shot is actually used to make the final edit? They said less than 10%. I honestly thought it would be more like 1% or 2% because they're shooting everything, everywhere, virtually at all times. It is staggering the amount of resources that goes into this production. But you're right. It is so well done. You think you know the team. (laughs) You think you know the team. And then you watch that episode and you realize, okay, even being on the sideline, I can see a lot of stuff, but I can't hear it. So when you actually hear what Kyler and D-Hop had to say to each other, it wasn't nearly as flagrant as perhaps it might have looked. And I saw it in real time right in front of me. But, you know, it was a little more tame than I anticipated when I actually heard their exchange. Yeah, you know, I just – I actually learned some things, not only about the team also, but um, about players individually. And just being inside Polly, I talk about it all the time, man – would I love to just go sit in one of the position rooms in the corner and just not say a word? <laughs> Let me just sit there and listen to a coach. And guess what, man? There it was. Um, what Billy Davis had to say about Buda Baker in particular. I know we're going to get to that, but what he had to say, Paulie, that blew my mind. Uh, that just filled me with love and appreciation for Buda Baker and the impact he has on all his teammates. No further ado, we're going to take you inside that position room. This is the inside linebacker's room. The position coach is Bill Davis, and here's what they caught on camera. Man, I want to challenge you guys. Somebody play harder than Buddha in a game. Watch where the sun comes from here. Try to play harder. What kind of defense would we have? Should be your goal every game. Can I hustle Buddha Davis? I ran into Bill Davis earlier today. And yeah. I asked him about that, and he said, first off, it's completely genuine. I have no idea when the cameras are on. He said, hey, sometimes we're all terrified. What are they going <laughs> to capture? Right. What are they going to air? But he said, in my 30 years plus of coaching in the NFL, I've never, ever seen someone just pop off the film like Buda Baker. That yeah. was his reaction. So that's why he holds him up as the standard to try and aspire to. If you're anybody else on the field, can you bring it like Buda? Yeah, you know, and and Paul, the power that that has, you know, you hear me talk about how a player can impact uh, his teammates in a very intangible kind of way, make them better than they really are just by his mere presence. That's Buddha. That that's what Buddha does. You you watch Buddha Baker, and now all of a sudden the challenge. And I love the way Billy framed it up for his his linebackers in that room. Somebody, I challenge you. I challenge you as your coach, somebody play harder than Buddha. He didn't say, Paul, somebody play better than Buddha. He said, somebody play harder than Buddha. I, you know, I, yep. I, that was Cause, the... Because you can control that. You yes, control your yes. effort. You can't necessarily be better than an all-pro, but you can control how hard you go. Imagine what kind of defense we'd have if guys played tried to play harder than Buda Baker. And that's that's the charge to every guy that is on the defensive side of the ball and every guy that's on the offensive side of the ball. And honestly, maybe the most captivating video in the entire 50-minute-plus episode was Buda's post-game speech after the Eagles' loss at home. 
where he darn near lost his mind in that locker room. Just the anguish, the emotion, and how he's trying to implore everyone to be better at their jobs to stop the home losing streak, which, by the way, they did in the next home game. But I was actually down getting ready to do the postgame interviews, Wolf, and I'm down sort of adjacent to the locker room, and I could hear every word. I had no idea who it was. I could hear the whole thing, somebody just going crazy in that locker room. So you see and you literally witnessed how Buddha wears it. He wears it emotionally Every single game, and and that's the kind of play. That's why he's a team captain. Put it that yeah. way. Yeah, you know, it reminded me so much of old school. Um, I mean, that was Jim Hannafin right there. <laughs> that was Jim Hannafin. Yeah, the profanity, of course, and, and Jim Hannafin going off, and how impassioned it was, how genuine it was, how real it was. And then he'd kneel down and do the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> right? I mean, Paul, that contrast, yeah. that was beautiful yeah. to actually see that um, because it was so real at that point in time. You know what else we learned was that if Kyler Murray hadn't tweaked his hamstring, maybe he outraces Ryan Neal and there's no fumble at the end of the first half. That You know what? That DB doesn't catch up to a healthy Kyler Murray, but he had tweaked his hamstring just earlier on a 17-yard scramble, and then all of a sudden the Seattle Seahawks was able to keep up with him and knock that ball loose, and none of us knew at the time that he was dealing with a less than 100% hamstring, so that was interesting to learn. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. He's still got to cover the ball, Bully. Oh, yeah. You still, no still got to cover up the ball. Kyler's got to get better at that. That's happened twice now. He's got to get better at tucking the ball. Um, that's a hard habit to break when you've gotten to this point and you really haven't had to tuck the ball, um, but you got to train your mind, man. you got to get better, and it starts by doing the little things. It was entertaining to see the Cardinals practice in the rain and all the whining and complaining about the cool weather and the rain. That was that was hilarious. Uh, I visited the Cliff House, we call it, right? Oh, yeah. Cliff Kingsbury's place yes. and his view of Camelback, except he never sees it because he leaves when it's dark, and he returns home when it's dark. So. And then, Love the painting, yep, Paul, the painting. on the wall yep. of the wine in the crown. <laughs> yeah. By the way, the Dave Pash Podcast with CBS sports legend Jim Nance available now. Follow along on Twitter at PashPod. We continue with a Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Stafford takes and Cooper Cup on a jet sweep has it. Totally fools the Cardinals. 10-5 walk-in touchdown. That totally fooled the Cardinals. He came in motion, took it on a jet sweep to the far side. All the Cardinals were running to the left of the formation. Cooper was running to the other side, and he walks in basically from 20 yards out for the first touchdown of the game. It's always something with Sean McVay in that scheme. He always has some sort of eye candy that's apt to throw the front seven, and then boom, all of a sudden there's a running lane for a Cooper Cup. There's always something they haven't seen before. Despite the fact that the Rams have scored more than 20 points only one time this season. Think about that. You beat L.A., and guess what? Then you set up a meaningful game in Mexico City against the 49ers who you've yet to play in the NFC West. It's the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and beat L.A., the Rams. And guess what? It could look a lot different this time around. Could it not, Ron Wolfley? If John Wolford goes against Colt McCoy, then game one we just heard there will have basically no bearing on this rematch. Yeah, Paulie, you're right about that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, of course, uh, the the rest of this weekend coming up. So um, the health of both teams certainly has been an issue and a problem here uh, this season, especially, Paul, when you look at the offenses. 
And in particular, I would say the offensive line. Now, the offensive line, as we all know, of the Cardinals has really been banged up. Just an absolute mess. Rodney Hudson, of course. Justin Pugh is done for the year. He's on IR. Now, Will Hernandez has been placed on IR. You've got your tackles, Calvin Beecham, of course. And DJ Humphrey's all banged up right now. Well, guess what? The Rams' offensive line is just as much a mess, for the most part, as the Cardinals' offensive line. And to me, Polly, it's so fascinating because you hear me say this all the time. You need an offensive line that is good enough to allow your talent to do what they do. And right now, the offensive lines are both banged up for the Cardinals and the Rams, and both offenses are struggling mightily. Look, no QB, no chance. But 1B is no offensive line, no chance for your weapons to operate. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, that is the quickest downfall for any talented team. If, if you can't block it up front, that has been the case. Uh, guess what? Cardinals are going to have to deal with Aaron Donald. But that Rams offensive line is the only offensive line to suffer more injuries than the Cardinals this season. And uh, that and more is what Vance Joseph had to talk about this week when he looks at that Rams game film. It's the same offense, but like most teams who have injuries, you know, it, it, it won't be the same. You know, and Cup's still one of the best in the league. The, the backs are all good, but the old line's been beat up, you know, and it's obvious on tape. You, you know, if you can't block anybody, you sure can't run it or throw it, and that's been their problem. Um, they're getting some guys back this week, you know, so it should be better for them. Hopefully not, you know, but, um, you know, when you're not playing with your best guys, that's what it looks like. It's, it's the NFL, you know, and your best players help you obviously win games. And when you're playing with young guys and backups, it won't be as good. That's just right, it's really simple. You know, that's where they are. The Rams in this uh, last game against the Bucks and the loss at the very end, 16-13, the offense went three and out eight times. Wow. It's, they had just yeah. over 200 yards total offense, and Cooper Cup accounted for 127 of it because he had a 69-yard touchdown catch and another, another 34-yard chunk reception otherwise they did a lot of nothing on offense yeah paulie think about this right now um matthew stafford has been sacked 28 times 28 times this year and all of last year paulie he was sacked 30 times oh (laughs) okay 30 times now think about it They, they still have nine games to go this year 28 sacks on the season right now they are Uh, Number 27, as a matter of fact, in sacks per attempt allowed. And you've got Matthew Stafford, who in eight games has only thrown eight touchdown passes, Paul, in eight games. And he's thrown eight interceptions in eight games. Um, Man, I'll tell you, it just goes to show you once again the impact that an offensive line can truly have on an offense and in particular on your skill positions. Maybe they need to go back and give Andrew Whitworth their 2021 Team MVP award based on uh, the aftermath of losing their, their left tackle. Paul, how... you were all over that, man. You well, were talking about that very thing right there. Well, they were a disaster before Whitworth. They really were. I know they made a bunch of other moves, obviously, but that was the key. Um, what's interesting is this quote. This is, this is one of the head coaches, and I quote, Changes have to be made. Adjustments have to be made. We can't continue to go on like this. I'm a big part of this. I have to do better. We have to look inward, figure out what are some of the solutions and changes and adjustments and different things we have to be able to do to get different results. Couldn't that easily be either head coach at this point? <laughs> yes, it could. Because it, it is Sean McVay. Just it to is let Sean you know. McVay. It's Sean yes. McVay. 
but, but they're, you, they're similar spots, aren't they? Yeah, Paulie. I mean, it is. You've got to look at everything at this point in time. It's one of the reasons why I, I've, you know me, I'm, I'm hopeful that this offense will continue to evolve, that they'll do some things that, that will evolve this offense. And um, I think Sean McVay is faced with the same situation as well. And he's, listen, to his credit, he's um, being very, very accountable, number one. And he's saying, we're going to look at everything. We're going to look at all of this and do something because we can't just continue to go down the same road. And look, you heard the Cooper Cup touchdown run, but he had only four catches for 44 yards, no touchdown receptions. He was a non-factor in the passing game. Cardinals did an excellent job taking him away in week three. So if you're able to neutralize Cooper Cup, who's the other guy that can beat you? Sort of like the Cardinals. If Jalen Ramsey is on DeAndre Hopkins... Then what? Who's the other guy who's going to step up? Is it a Zach Ertz? Is it a Rondell Moore? Does James Conner put together another performance like he did in L.A. week four of the regular season a year ago when the Cardinals ran at 40 times for 216 yards? I mean, you got yeah. and you got to try and block Aaron Donald. So what is your approach if you're Cliff Kingsbury in the offense? Yeah, exactly. What is your approach? I, I don't know exactly what that approach is going to be, but you have to try to run the ball. You've, if you get into a situation where you throw the ball 58 times like the Arizona Cardinals did last time they played the Rams, uh. Paul, that is playing right into Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator, right into his hands if that's the case because Aaron Donald – and that pass rush will feast on Kyler Murray. There's no doubt about it. He has uh, six and a half sacks in the last six games and about 60 quarterback pressures. Uh, and you're going against – he's going to be going against the Cardinals offensive line. This is going to be their seventh different offensive line combination already this season. So, to your point, we come full circle. Which offensive line yeah. holds up better – and that might right there give you the clear-cut winner as to this matchup. A must-win game for both teams who have both, by the way, lost four of their last five. Think about that. Rams are 3-5, and five, Cardinals are 3-6. and six. Special thanks, Zavin Collins, our special guest on this edition of the Big Red Rage. For Jim Almohundro and Cody Fincher, Ron Wolfley, I'm Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.